I'm Emily. And I'm Molly. And together we are Stupid Genius. Genius. Stupid Genius. Stupid Genius. How are you today, Em? It's been, I feel like we're saying this a lot at the moment, but it's been a while. It has been a while. (laughs) We're going to get back to the routine though, right? We've, summer's over. Oh, that actually feels It's over with a bang. Although, as I was saying to you earlier, I am an autumn girl. Me too. And you know what? The pressure's off. Yeah. I think that's why, like the pressure. The social pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Although, Although, having said that, my weekends are full to like November. Same, same. My October is hectic, but I just love the. I love Halloween. I like the 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 coziness of it. I love being able to eat yeah. shit tons of chocolate. I do that anyway. But me too. But like, like guilt free. <laughs> I like being able to wear beanie hats. And yeah, just, like get cuddly. And I love things. layering. Yeah, I'm a fashion galley. You are, and you know I'm what? not. I'm just a comfort galley. <laughs> and you know what? Fashion's best in autumn. And then the leaves are all cool and turning. Crispy. Oh, crispy, the colours. I mean, we're being very idealistic in terms of that's what we imagine autumn to be. But in reality, it's rain, it's grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still like it. I like getting And I still get out. I I still get out. I still get out. Not a total hermit. No, no, no. So what's been new with you? You've been to Scotland. I went to Scotland. Scotland was incredible yeah i mean we did make it look warmer than it was i think everyone was like whoa it looks so nice then really? and it was freezing the lakes were freezing we were that's what it's a all lot. about then it, what was your favorite place my favorite place was probably old man of stowe old man of stowe you're looking Stor? at me like i know Stor? i don't know i don't know i just kind of followed where my mate wanted to go did you go to any of like the aisles or did you Isle of, Isle of sky was fucking sky. cool actually no you know what was coolest Driving through, we're in Scotland. We've been in Scotland for two hours and I was just driving through and um, and I was just a bit disappointed, oh. which just sounds bad. I was a bit sad. So maybe that had a little element of it. But I was just like, oh, it's kind of just like the lakes, kind of just like Wales. I was expecting uh, it to what be. What are you trying to say? Was the ex- lakes is amazing. No, that's what I mean. But, <laughs> no, I'm joking. You expect it to be mighty. And the fact I've driven X amount of time to get, I was expecting something completely different. And I was like, all right, maybe what, what was I, my expectations were too high. Went round this corner and then I got into almost like Glencoe area. Right. And these three sisters, I would recommend anyone to go to. There's three sisters, the three mountains. And I felt like I was in Jurassic World. And I suddenly, my George dropped. I was like, I'm pulling over into wow. a lay-by just to stare at it. And I was like, I'm in Scotland. Baby. Yeah, yeah. It was worth the 10 hours or whatever. It yeah. Was, it actually only took five hours to get there. Oh. So not actually that far. That's really not that yeah, bad. Yeah, not that it? bad. Oh Scotland's God. not that far from Liverpool. No, I know. I mean, like, obviously living in the lakes, we were never that far from Scotland. No. We were like an hour from Dumfries. But I thought you you went right up to the north, right? Yeah, that was in Glencoe, though, so oh, quite nearby. Oh, more... Mm, okay. My... I did in total 30 hours of driving. Oh, my God. Madness. But you still feel revived. Yeah. Oh, refreshed. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had like a, almost like a come down from that amazing trip because you just... Yeah, holiday blues. Yeah. So last week I was, I stayed in my, I didn't leave my house for five days. Oh, yeah, which is well unlike you. Well unlike me. You but, must um, have needed it though. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just a little bit sad, but that's okay. Yeah. That happens. You've got to lean into it sometimes. I'm out of my funk now. Back in the, back in the funk or out of the funk? I'm out of the funk. Oh, out of the bad funk. Yeah. Into, into the good funk. <laughs> Into the good funk. <laughs> we got the groove. Uh, how was your... You went to Brighton? I did. I had a great conference. It was really fun and amazing weather. And I loved Brighton. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, it's been like a good week, you know? I found this new grout cleaner, <laughs> which is sake. the uh, highlight of my few days. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Anyone listening, guys, it's amazing. What's grout cleaner? Grout 
What's grout? What are you talking about? The stuff that goes in between tiles. Oh my God, I need grout cleaner. Actually, no, you know what I found out the other day? As I was cleaning the grout, it's just paint. There was no grout. Oh, what? (laughs) There must be grout. Otherwise, that's what holds the tiles in. Well, then... I guess they painted over the grout, but I was like proper scrubbing it. And I was like, oh yeah, getting it clean. And now it looks so much worse because it's not white anymore. It's just like a horrible gray. Oh shit. Well, maybe you need to re-grout. So I was going to re-grout because my grouting in the shower was so grim. Guys, please do not think bad of me, but it was like black slash brown. Yeah. And it wasn't, it's not that bad. It wasn't great. When we bought the house, it was always not great. And we got this stuff like randomly online. It's called elbow grease and it's a little pot of like yellow cream. Oh, Oh my god, gleaming! Really, my grout is gleaming. I'll have a look after this. So that's been great, and also you know, <laughs> is this just you? Is this your? No, no, this is just this is just my catch up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, that was just my catch up. But I do have some stupids. I do have some geniuses to share. Yeah, but go you on. can go first. Uh, okay, okay. So let's go. Oh my god, I don't know what I've done to my phone. I've created a table on my phone. Created a monster. I've created a monster. Okay, my stupids. I do have two, and you, you're going to have to allow it. Why don't you save one? No, no, I get no because it's just the, the second one. Okay, fine. Car. <laughs> <laughs> my car. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> so I, I've actually told you this before. Um, right, listeners, we all know that I have this one supervisor that I seem to just get things wrong with. Like, oh, yeah. I think I just... I. I don't know. I, I, um, if you don't know, go back and listen, but I'll tell you now, I miss, I've missed two meetings. You've rubbed them up the wrong way. Yeah. Which is, which is like fair enough for them to have this opinion of me, but I was like, right, I'm going to change it. And you know, it's not who I am and this doesn't define me. Which it doesn't and it's not, but still. Agreed. And like, but, but, (laughs) but, um, I was doing this walk, dementia walk with them and, um, I got in my car and well, and it just wouldn't start. And it wouldn't start. And I was like, and the key wouldn't even turn. And I was like, shoot. And to give some context, like the dementia walk was organized by Supervisor X. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was so excited to go. And I actually came back from my Scotland trip early for this. Oh, God. So it was like, and I was like, so ready to be like, yeah, make it up and apologize face to face and all this sort of stuff. And then it wouldn't start. And I chat to message her saying, I'm so sorry. I do feel like your relationship is cursed. No, but that's what I thought. And I thought, this is out of my control. And I didn't have enough money to get a taxi because it was quite, it was like a 30, 40 minute drive. Oh, you can't be doing that. I couldn't be doing that. And then I was thinking, is there anyone I can message? No, no, to give me a lift. Uh, I was like, you know, when you're like rack the brain of like, okay, this is, there should be a solution. And I was like, the solution is... You can't go. I can't go. Because by the time I sort out the walk, they'll be midway through the walk. So, so what was her reply like? It was um, it was like okay. <laughs> it's just it was okay. It wasn't, you oh, know. It's so frustrating because she's thinking, oh, classic, classic Emily. That's which it. Is, it's not classic Emily, but, but it is to her, is, yeah. And which is fair enough. Oh. And so, so I'm in this sort of like limbo of just like, well, her opinion on me in that way is totally valid because. I've done nothing but prove that I'm not good with time or I forget. Like, you know, that in, yeah, I mean, in her perspective, no, take it from her perspective. Yeah. That's the way. a couple of incidents. Exactly. More than a couple now. Well, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, so I kind of can't blame her for having this opinion of me, but I also have to take it. It's not that much of a stupid because I know myself and I know that 
I can be reliable. Yeah, and you couldn't have done anything to to, to change it. Exactly. At the end of the day, like you didn't choose for your car to break. No, and now it's dead. And it's goodbye. still broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, goodbye. I'm, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> Did you say that? It's goodbye. gone. Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, and now I haven't got a car. Like yeah. that's not what I wanted. But, no, exactly. But yeah, so so a little bit of a stupid in terms of just. I think I'm cursed. I think our relationship is cursed. Yeah, you're cursed in relation to that person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm rather stupid. You, Go on then. I um, accidentally sent screenshots of a chat that I was having to the person who I was having it with. No. I was meant to send it to the girls group chat. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, are you joking? Yeah. No. And I was like, why isn't it sent to the girls group chat? Resend it to the girls group chat. And... um. And it sent to the person. <gasps> and I didn't notice until until like a day later. No, so it sat there. <laughs> it sat there, so I couldn't even delete but it. But they got message though. And they, been like, why have you sent this? They replied to like the message above and just ignored it. <gasps> and Had it you was written like, anything with the screenshot? Or was it just no, just screenshot? screenshot. In a way, that's better. Because imagine if you'd have been like, fucking hell, look at this. I know, right? <gasps> Do you know what? This is, <laughs> this sort of happened in my family the other day. There was a bit of a barney. Mm. And one of my sisters did that. But then I freaked out, like, sister, 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 you should put it in the wrong chat. Wrong chat, wrong chat. I was <laughs> go, 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 in the, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong, wrong chat, chat, wrong chat, wrong chat. Because we were messaging directly, but we were also messaging in the group. <laughs> anyway, but my sister and my sister was like, no, that was the right chat. I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> she was obviously on one. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to do that. And I was no. I, every now and then it crops up in my head. I'm like, oh. Oh, oh God. God. Haven't quite seen I them. would love to yeah. know, though, you know, listeners, I'm going to put this to you. So let us know, please. <laughs> have you ever had a blooper like that where you've either sent the wrong message, you, I don't know, Talk done to, that, yeah. done a screenshot to the wrong group, or, oh, God, I did one at my old job oh where I God. put something quite explicit, yeah. not a picture, but a message in my works group chat and it was meant for my home girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So listeners, let us know. You can either, we've recently discovered there's a little box, like a way of talking to us. If you go on our link tree, which is through our Instagram, yeah, you can you can submit like a comment or a question or just come on Instagram. So yeah. yeah, give us your juiciest, your worst oh bloopers. And make me feel better, please. Because like... Yeah, she's looking pretty desperate. Oh my God, it keeps cropping up like, oh... I can't believe I screenshotted mid-conversation and, was and it sent so it, it. Was the actual bit you screenshotted, like, awkward? Yeah, it was It was juicy. Oh, <laughs> was, I sc- two screenshots, not just one. <gasps> two, like, the whole conversation that we had. The second we stopped recording, I need to see those screenshots. You know what? He deserved to be screenshotted. <laughs> oh, he, we're getting Jeez. more. We're getting more now. Just as a classic, classic little... Well, my stupid, is, my stupid is extremely boring. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I actually struggled. This week, no way. Stupid. Yeah, that's that's no, because that's, well. that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> things are going quite well. So you're gonna. This is a stretch, and I can already feel your <laughs> eyes rolling in the back of the head. Um, so I had to spend all yesterday. I'm laughing. It's so shit. Um, I had to spend all yesterday doing compulsory <laughs> online training. And I did it. It's not really stupid, but <laughs> I did, and I did it. How was that stupid? <laughs> because it was boring. <laughs> really good though I suppose that's really good let me think of one for you oh okay this could be we actually haven't spoken no. even usually like we speak at least I'm trying to think I've probably done stupid shit around the house 
Yeah, in this plant's like, nearly dead that we're sat next to. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but that was Lloyd. Lloyd. That. Yeah. That was Lloyd's stupid. Maybe trust in Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, to look after my plant. Um, no, no, I, I've had a good week. I did my sunrise swim in Brighton. The conference went well. Yeah. My new job's going good. Yeah. So I'm sorry, guys. Skin's looking great. My skin's looking well mid-cycles. It's always looking quite good mid-cycle. But right. thank you. I'll take it. Yeah, take it. So it's such a British thing, isn't it? Oh, whenever Colin yeah, yeah. complimenting. Oh, but like, you shit on it like, oh, yeah, but, Like you I know. saw a meme. It was like, oh, when you're British and someone says, oh, that's a nice coat. What, this whole thing? It was only 2p. I found it in a ditch. I've had it for 10 years. I actually stole it off someone. <laughs> I'm an awful person. You know what? When someone complimented my glasses. They are cool. They are cool. It was not these ones, though. Oh. It was, it was a while back. And this is when I realised I need to learn to accept compliments. Yeah. I was so awkward about it. I was like, oh, th- thanks. I like them because they, they help me see. Oh, and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, so yeah. And I was like, We thanks. just need to learn to say, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, yeah, it thanks. is. Oh, thanks. I do that now. I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm great. And then I just never Speaking give one back. Speaking of greatness, let's hear the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Speaking of greatness, let's hear your uh, genius. I um, struggled to find a genius. Not true. Come I, on. I actually did. But um, when I actually reflected, I thought I redid my room, my bedroom. Yeah, you've been doing some painting. The painting, not so genius. Okay. Because I haven't finished it. Right. You um, started it. And that's but I started genius. it. That's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> the room, the though, the room, though, the bedroom, I just didn't like the way... I had never really, I like design, designed, you know, I I styled it, styled my living room. I never really did my bedroom. And so I, I had this weird like Harry Potter cupboard room in between my living room and bedroom. And I decided to turn that into an office to have purpose so I can separate my work and, yeah, you, you know. Yeah, you had your desk in your bedroom before. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. And I, it was by the window and I, look. I like it by the window, but it's too bright. So I just have to shut the curtains anyway. Yeah. And it can be distracting. And it is really distracting. And I just hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And it's by the bed. So bedroom. So I'm not in like workspace. So I created the, uh, yeah. And I sorted out all my stuff in my, my clothes. I got rid of a load of clothes. Nice. Organized it in a way that I quite like it. Just tidied your life up a bit. Tidied my life I up. I love that. And it was really good. And I'm like, okay, well now I want to do it. In my living room, in my kitchen, like yeah. sort it all out. It's like that we... Stacey Solomon. Um, Stacey Solomon, is she the one I talked about? Ah, yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, oh, that's it. oh, I really saw it. She's from your neck of the woods, is she? She's Essex, so oh. fuck off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Actually, Essex is pretty But I do is love Stacey. But she does. Um, oh, I'm going to sing a little song. Yeah. And I like to do up my house. And I've got three little pickles she in the like pickle cottage. Pickles in yeah, house. she's, yeah. But um, yeah, her that really good life accent. Out. Yeah. It was quite good. I think yeah. the finger wiggling works. She's a bit well. frantic. Yeah. Probably. But yeah, give she does a program called Sort Your Life Out, which is really good and very inspirational if you want to like get gutted and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I liked her hoarders sort of like, you know, yes. she had a program where they'd lay it. Everything they had out in them in like a PE hall. Oh my god! And the amount of shit people have—it's crazy. How can you feel calm with that around you? No, I know, but I reckon if we laid all the stuff out that we've got, we'd be a bit shocked. Fill a PE hall? No, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, mate. I know. I don't know. I think it is so important, though, especially these days when we all work from home. It's so important that you have a calm, separate space to work in because yeah, even if you're you're saying like such a luxury space, to say that though. Oh, it is a luxury. Yeah. Of course it is. But I'm know. so happy that I've got, like, I say it's an office now. It is a cupboard. Well, it's not a It's actually bigger than that. It's got two yeah. doors. Yeah, yeah. I opened that door it's for like the first a- time. 
Guess what gets what's behind what's that? There's three doors then. Oh, there's three doors. <laughs> so oh, I got, only two <laughs> So I got a door to the living room, a door to the bedroom. Where's the other one? Guess where it leads to? Corridor. Another door. No. Didn't open that door though. I'm too what? scared. It was covered in cobwebs. I was like, shut up. But is there like a bit of a cupboard in between them? No. Like a door and then a door. A door and then a door. Oh shit, you're a nightmare. And then I've got two doors um into the, the under under the stairs bit that I could crawl into if I wanted to. Right. So don't try and kidnap Emily. <laughs> I've got it sorted. She's got it sorted. <laughs> okay, you're genius. Um so my genius, um, I've got a couple which I'm gonna share. So I have had my Viva confirmed. Oh my yes, God. Yes, which I'm not sharing because I'm too scared, but it's not that far away. I'll just say that. That's terrifying. I, I don't want to tell people because it's just too much pressure. You know, like when you do driving tests. Yeah. I remember we were all in school doing yeah. driving tests and like no, no one, one told, told anyone. See, I don't know where I stand on that because I know I didn't tell anyone. Yeah. I told actually one person that doing my driving test. Uh, but... Now I think I've changed my mind. What? Because it's like you can get the support of people. Yeah, there. and also, so what if you? So what if you fail? It you know, or like, so what if you do? You won't fail your viva. You, I, I reckon, who fails? So people fail their viva. Yeah, people I, do I fail don't their think, viva. I don't think I will. You I won't. think I'll smash it. That's what I'm telling myself every day. Like you I'm will. You will. But I don't know. I think it's more just I want to be able to tell people on my own terms rather than people expecting to hear from also it's a very it. personal thing weirdly I, the yeah. PhD whole process has been such a personal thing to me that's it and personal journey and this is like your final you've you've told people that you're close to don't get me wrong guess every what guys time, I know you, yeah I was gonna ah. say every time anyone actually asks me when is it I just tell them <laughs> I was like this when I got married like you know people don't show people their wedding dresses oh yeah, yeah every yeah. time someone said oh just show me I'd be like okay <laughs> sure like, I'm terrible, but um, but I'm not going to publicise it. I no, no, no. So yeah, Viva confirmed, which is exciting. And then my other little genius is that um, do you remember a while back? I'd me and my first supervisor Claire had written a paper together all about like slow fashion. Yeah, and we got a revise and resubmit, which was really exciting. Really cool. Um, really good paper as well. Cool paper. I'm excited to read it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you want to read it. I want to read but it. But it's cool. I mean, it's a really interesting topic, yeah. and it's we we put it into a three star journal as well. So it's yeah, a prestigious journal. And um, we sent it back off last week. So we've done the revisions and we've sent it back in. So we're waiting to hear now whether it's going to be rejected, whether they'll want more revisions or whether it's accepted, which is exciting. So watch this space. Watch this space. Should we get on to our main ramble today? I think we should. Let's ramble. Let's ramble. Right. What are we talking about? What what, <laughs> what what are we talking about? Uh, today we're talking all about participants. Perfect. Because, you know, it's not always the easiest part of the PhD, but it's one of the most important parts. So today we're going to be talking about everything from how you recruit them, how you get access, how you maintain that relationship, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, because they can be the bane of your life. They can. But they can they do also make your PhD. Your your PhD would be nothing. Well, depends on the PhD. Your PhD. My PhD would be nothing. I think most one. people would be about the participants. Yeah, like in my dedication in my thesis, I've yeah. thanked the participants because I, ultimately I wouldn't have the thesis. Literally, I always thank my participants in presentations or anything like that. Yeah. Or just like anything. Any awards, I'm like, ultimately. It's the participants. It's the participants. Yeah, They're giving sure. up their time. Mad. Um, so I thought we had different types of um, almost like 
journeys in the PhD. So, and, and I don't, I'm going to gloss over it really quickly because for me, I have had to recruit a big chunk of participants. So I, the first study I had to recruit, I think I recruited 180 participants. That was for a survey. That was for a survey. Yeah. And then I was quite lucky because I was re-recruiting them throughout the three years. So I then re-recruited 20 and then I re-recruited those 20 again. And that, I mean, has its challenges in its own aspect of I had to really maintain and, and create these relationships and make sure they were happy and happy enough to be like, yeah, I'll continue for three years. But also not saying that you're locked in for three years. I didn't tell them that. I said, well, like if you're, do you, would you like to come back if yeah. you could? Would you be open to? Would you be open to? Yeah. Um, and giving them that choice. But what was your kind of uh, participant recruitment process? Yeah, so my study has like two sides to it. One has participants and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the side with participants was like a two-stage recruitment process really. So first of all, because I'm, because the study is within organisations and yeah. my study was case study research. So it wasn't just looking at people, it was looking at the case study. So the entire organisation, if right. that makes sense. So first of all, I had to recruit the case studies, which means finding whole organisations that are willing to be involved. Right. And then within that, so I found, I was initially going to try and find six because in case studies, you can do something called matched pairs. So I was going to try and have three matched pairs. Anyway, that was completely fucking unrealistic. And I quickly decided I was going to have three case studies instead. Okay. Um. So I had to find three organisations that would allow me access, basically. To the entire organization, which was really hard. And what does and then, that mean to the entire organization? Well, to study them as an organization, right. so their practices, okay, their performance, their staff, like etc. Yeah. Um, and then within each case study, I then had to recruit parties a minimum of 10 per case study mm. within the organization, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, which it doesn't have to be balanced. It wasn't in the end. Like one of my cases, I think I had like 14, one yeah. I had like seven or something like that, you know, so it can be imbalanced. But um yeah, I mean we'll go on to talk about this, but it was particularly challenging because of the sector that I did it in. Um, yeah. But we can move on to that. So basically I think the the commonality there is that it's challenging. <laughs> it's challenging, it's flexible. Uh, you have to be flexible, not it's flexible. You have to be absolutely, absolutely flexible and persistent. You know what? The the which I think a lot of people are going to hate me for this. And you know what? Bear with us. I feel like this is just going to be a quite a boring episode, but we're going to try and make it as fun as possible. The, at the end of the day, like we're a PhD podcast. <laughs> not every asset of the PhD is all gonna bells be, and whistles. No, eat that fucking frog. Yeah, some of it is, you know, a little bit dry. And I really enjoyed recruiting. Um, enjoyed is actually the wrong word. I didn't find it that much of a challenge. Right. But I'm quite lucky with my participants. Yeah. I and I know like... if you have different... So I know my participants are old adults. They're retired. Yeah. They've and got all the free time. And then to do something yeah. different and get yeah. out there. and Exactly. So they're really willing participants. I know a friend has... Um, her participants are children with cerebral palsy and children or just children in general are so a nightmare because yeah. you're not just recruiting the child you're also recruiting the family the parent yeah you have to get the so many more and everything yeah it is a nightmare so i do appreciate that when i talk about my experience today take it with a pinch of salt because it's mine was quite uh, okay, easy is not the right word because it definitely was no, hard. No, there was just less barriers than there was less barriers than it could have been. Yeah. I don't know about how did you feel about yours. I mean, yeah, mine 
it's fine. Like, don't get me wrong. I worked in recruitment before I did my PhD. So I'm used to having to cold call people, hound people in a nice way. But you No, know, but yeah, I was fully accepting of like, okay, I'm just Yeah, gonna I to... knew they weren't going to come and knock on my door and be like, can I be part of your yeah. study? So like in that aspect, like I was expecting to have to do that. You know, I yeah. literally went to organizations, knocked on the door and was like, can I talk to you? So like, I think as long as you're willing to be persistent, but yeah, I mean, it was challenging there's things you can do so for example in hindsight i chose to do my study within the hotel industry because of the challenges that they face with regards to sustainability Mm -hmm. but also disasters so they were a great petri dish for what i was looking at but obviously now i know well i knew already because i've worked in hotels for years is that they're extremely understaffed the people that do work there they're working shifts overworked underpaid yeah and classic saying just in terms of their time yeah literally don't have time so i'd be speaking to people that'd be like yeah we would talk to you but we do not have time we work every minute of every day when we're not at work we're at home asleep you know so that that in hindsight was challenging you know um but i got rich data from it so it's one of those you have to weigh up what you're going to get out of that and whether it's worth persisting, which it was for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's actually talk about that, the persistence. How did you recruit your participants? What were the different methods you used? How did you, you just, how did you first of all, just like yeah. go, okay, idea. How do I get, how do I get to them? So, well, in qualitative research, and I guess it's the same for quants. I, I'm not a quants person, but you have to choose your sampling method. So yeah. my sampling was purposive sampling. Mm-hmm. And within that, I use criterion sampling. So you have to choose what sampling you're using to recruit yeah. your participants because it needs to be rigorous, doesn't it? You can't yeah. just be like, oh, I think I'll use them or, oh, I think I'll use them, uh-huh. you know. So my criteria through my through my research, through my reading, I selected certain criteria. So I was like, right, the organisation needs to be X, Y, Z. It needs to be situated in an X. It needs to have this. Mm -hmm. It needs to be this affiliation or this management structure, right? Do you know what I mean? So I I established what my criteria was. And then I looked for organizations that fit those criteria in the right places. And then I just either emailed, I called a lot. Um, One of my case studies I recruited through a contact that I had. Again, because I worked in the industry, so I had some contacts. Yeah. So one of them I recruited through someone I knew. Another one was actually we had a bit of a relationship with them through the uni because we've done events there. So use your contacts. I couldn't stress that more. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, oh, and then the other one um, is from an area where I grew up. And again, I had a sort, I had an in. I had a bit of an in there. Um, so that's how I first got them talking. But then after that, very much just lots of emails, lots of phone calls, um, and just being super, super flexible. And but not even just, just lots of, like not towards people, like your participants to towards like other people. So I know you messaged the chat and was like, does anyone know anyone? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like it goes further than just like, cause, cause sometimes it's even hard to know where do I even find these people that I need? Oh yeah. Use, you, use, use your network, your friends, your family, your LinkedIn. Ask around, yeah. ask do you know someone with this or do you know someone who does this or do you know, does anyone know? Yeah. I mean, it's constant and and don't just do it once. Oh no, you can't just do it once. And even though you've asked them a month ago, ask them again. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, like I, I know it's not something you've come across as much, but um, where it's really important to know how to talk to gatekeepers. That was something that when I worked in recruitment, gatekeepers were a massive thing. Basically a gatekeeper is anyone who, they keep the gate, i.e. they they are who stands in the way of access. And so you Spirit have guard. to... 
basically the informational security guard. Okay. So you have to get past that person to get who you want. So okay. say if I'm trying to speak to the MD of X hotel, right? Right. But I can't get to the MD without getting past the gatekeeper, which is usually their personal assistant or the receptionist. So it's it's managing those relationships with the gatekeepers, not pissing them off so much that they're yeah. like, oh my God, it's that bloody woman again. Yeah. You know, but getting them... So like for one of my case studies, I got quite a good relationship with the gatekeeper. And as a result, she was super helpful. She passed mm-hmm. me on to the right people. You know, it's forming those relationships, relationships. with those people. And, and a tip of doing that is just being friendly, open, almost persuasive in a... Persuasive is the wrong word. No, it is the right word, I think. Persuasive, but also giving them that... Letting them know that they have full control and option in it. Yes. I think that that was so important for me, being like, this is how I'd love for you to do it. Can we book a date in? But also let me know if it doesn't suit you, that's absolutely okay. Yes. Um, They have to be in control. They have to be in control, especially for ethics. But just like... If someone wants to make a decision to be a part of your research, they they should have that decision. You shouldn't be that pushy. No. <laughs> because people get pissed off and they'll be like, oh, I didn't even want to do it anyway. Yeah. And then that, they'll probably cancel. Those are the people that's likely like to cancel. What you're asking from them. So like your participants, you required quite a lot of them, right? Maybe not initially, but for the second round, they mm. had to come into the lab. And, you know, for me, I was asking for what, an hour yeah. to interview them. So in theory, I was asking for not very much. But when you put that in the context of, their working day it was a lot like I've worked in hotels I didn't even get five minutes to go for a piss no I remember I remember going a whole day and being like I haven't gone to the toilet yeah never mind sitting down for an hour with some researcher to talk to them I think the other thing as well is it depends on the data you're collecting isn't it and being you have to be very reassuring because for like the organizations I worked with they want to make sure that they are going to be completely anonymous unidentifiable Mm -hmm. in the research because let's be honest I could be disclosing unethical unsustainable practices then they probably didn't hope i'm not and they think i'm not but ultimately you know they, they can't control what data is going to come out really can they no. and so you need to really reassure them about confidentiality yeah I suppose. yeah i had to do that a lot yeah i guess so very different actually so you went mainly through gatekeeping that was mainly your way of recruiting would you say your mo- main way or yeah, well, with it depends, like, with my internal stakeholders. So I interviewed internal and external stakeholders. So internal being those within the organisation, that all had to come through the gatekeeper. Yeah. And then once I'd got to the, the main decision maker, they were then, like, a second gatekeeper of the lower-level employees. So I had to get their approval. But with my external stakeholders, like the local community, MP, stuff like that, I could go straight to the participant. Straight to the participant. And how did you find those participants? Well, just like we've said, really, all the things we've said. Yeah. Emails, emails calling, calling, social media. How did you find their email? How did you find their numbers? Google. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just yeah. just like little detectives. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Is it the same for you? Mine was, mine was very different because I can't Google old people's numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so I started with, okay, I've got a survey, created the survey. What's the best way to disseminate this research or this this link or survey? Okay, I'm on academic Twitter. There's a lot of academics in my field, but I was also a new researcher. So I had to spend a lot of time building connections that way and following people and adding them and, and sort of building connections that way for people to actually see. If, if you don't have any connections on Twitter, yeah. you're... you're Thrown into an empty void. <laughs> yeah, that's why things like Twitter and LinkedIn are so important. We're always talking about the network and it's but for stuff like this. It's for stuff like that. So I posted it on that. Um, didn't get many responses. 
I think a week went by, two weeks went by, and I was expect I don't know what I was expecting for it to be like blow up. Yeah. Wow. Um, because I've never really struggled with data collection in terms of I've always studied though um a general population. Yeah. So you can I could just students, friends. Or... Yeah, mainly, yeah. So that happened, nothing really went from that. So I was like, all right, okay, that okay, let's think about where I can find these other participants. Sent some emails out and um got really no response back if i'm honest mm-hmm. i think i had uh, i don't know probably like 20 people who had clicked on the survey because you could see where they clicked 20 people clicked on the survey and no they one, were older adults that and no one it. had completed it and i was like for fuck's but sake you said you sent out emails like who to to just um supervisor oh, okay so not to older adults not well i didn't know any older adults well because that's what i was thinking could surely every one of your friends had a grandparent well, this is what I started to think about. I was like, I personally don't have any grandparents. I don't really know anyone like that. But you know what? I do know. Everyone does know someone old, over than 50. Yeah. Obviously got my mum to do it. Um, but that was the only old adult I knew. That's mad. mad right? I know so many. I know none. <laughs> now I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and I got Vin, uh, um parents and grandparents to do it actually I went to theirs because they wouldn't have done it without me but I went and did it with them yeah so this is when when I said I was like okay now I need to think about actually how am I gonna get these participants thinking outside the box thinking outside the box I was like I've got Instagram let me post it on my Instagram to let people know that I'm doing a study it'd be really really grateful for you to you to do my survey to help uh, your grandparents and I went it in a way of like I started sharing age UK stuff. I started. I thought let's pull on my friend's heartstrings. Yeah, everyone's got grandparents. Everyone worries about their grandparents or even parents, and I'm here to try and help. So actually, it benefits you. You've to got do to market, and I sort of market it in a way of like, this is such a nice way to spend time with your grandparents. Do you struggle to talk to them? do the survey with them and it sparks all, all sorts of conversations. And I went out, out, out that way. Um, and then I also emailed previous um, PhD students to get their participants. Yes, and I was idea. lucky enough to get forwarded onto several different forums. And I got forwarded 100 participants, emails and numbers. Oh my God, that's amazing. So guess what I did? Yeah, yeah. Called 100 people. Yeah, what did you call them all or email them? Called them all because yeah. they're older adults. Oh, they don't course. do emails. Yeah, yeah. Um, I emailed them all as well to, to warn them that I was going to call them. Um, and I think I got like three responses through emails, but everyone then, and I sat through the phone and did the survey with them. Oh, on I the bet phone. they loved that. Um, and had a little chat as well afterwards if they wanted to. And if they wanted to, if I asked them about, I don't know, their previous like oh are you retired now and then if they want to talk about their previous job I let them so it was more of an experience to to really give these older adults who had just come out of COVID yes so I was like oh this is actually really nice and you could tell they were like I haven't spoken to someone in ages oh, and it it really that's how she's so sad. so sad but it really was like ah this, this is probably why I enjoyed it don't get me wrong it took me so much courage to build up to call. The, I didn't want to cold call them. I didn't want to scare them. No. Because no, often they, be they often get scammed. Yeah. And they yeah, can get yeah. cold callers. So I was like, I want to be able to come at a way where I'm just like a research person. And I know they feel safe. I feel and- safe. And you're going to give some information. It's over the phone, but you're absolutely safe. And it's strictly confidential. And nothing's going to be shared. Like, rah, rah, rah. 
Um, I also thought who, where, what sort of things do they use? Oh, they use Facebook. Let's look at some Facebook aging groups, um, access them, got them to share it, bought Twitter to share it again, and just repeated that again mm. and again and again and again. And you know what? I had a rule of if I call them three times and they don't answer, they're not going to answer. It Strike it off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just, just trying to be respectful, but also really, really persistent. And I kept on messaging friends. Have you done this with your grandparents? Have you done this with your grandparents? Yeah, it's that perseverance, off? absolutely. Yeah. And I think you've highlighted something really important there as well about the, you know, the significance of showing people what they can get out of the study. Mm. And like, you know, when you, so you have to write a participant information sheet, don't you, for yeah. the study, which you send out to the participants. Yes. And there's a section in that, well, I mean, you can create your own, but my supervisor like sent me a template that she mm-hmm. had. And one of the headings is, what will I get from this study? Yeah. And which really makes you think, I was like, shit, okay, what will they get from this study? And okay, not as many benefits as your participants, for sure, because, you know, of everything you just said. But I thought, well, they do get something. They can they contribute into um, progressing their industry to create a more sustainable world, to be more resilient to yeah. disasters. You know, like you can find things that these people will get yeah. out from it. And okay, maybe they're never, ever going to want to hear the results of my study, but you can always offer yeah. that you will share an executive summary and therefore any of the findings that I have found, which will be useful to those organisations, they can have them and they can implement them and they can make their practices better in theory. <laughs> you that's know, like it. That's what you can offer. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I also went to a lot of forums and did some presentations or just went around and chatted to them and helped them, helped the people who run these forums, these older adult forums in churches or halls or whatever. I yeah. went to loads of them and then took paper surveys as well. Because obviously I knew yeah. my I knew my audience. I knew that they don't like to be online. So I wanted to make it ex- as accessible as I could. Mm-hmm. And when and I sat with people and did paper surveys with them. And you know what? It was a lot. Uh, when I look back, I'm like, it was a lot of time actually. Yeah. And a lot of persistence. But then the more people talk and the more I took photos. And, I sh- and I, when I delivered presentations to say like in a conference or to my supervisors and pinned it as this. It was a really lovely experience. We got to chat in. We got to talking about um, that time when they, I don't know, what they used to do for a holiday or for fun yeah, or their old when, job. or Like in the future when you might need to call on them again, you know. So having those secure trust and relationships with participants is so good. And just being really thankful. Yeah. Just really thanking them and knowing that they've, like, thank you so much for contributing like say yeah I used to say it thanks so much for contributing to the research I really appreciate yeah, it we, we really appreciate it. yeah we couldn't do this without you um and then and then they were happy to return they they were like we're waiting for you to call we're ready to do and then ne- the next oh, survey so I was going into a home so I was invading their personal space so I really had to as well as I thinking and I knew this was coming so I was like I need to make sure that they know that I'm the safe person that can come into their homes and can interview them yeah. and they would like having me there and you look pretty shady to me <laughs> i do don't i i do don't i and do you know what though i had a nightmare with one of my case studies like it was an actual nightmare and obviously i'm not going to give any like details yeah anonymity and all that but i had got access to this organization and the owner and also the md he's like owner md ceo fucking everything is a bit of a let's just say He's a bit of a character and he granted me access. And then I, um, that sounds Sorry. like an airplane. It's Emily's tummy. I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up, but that literally sounded like an airplane. I don't eat 
breakfast. I know. I just have a coffee. Want you to eat it? Yeah, well, it's about eleven o'clock. I usually have my snacks, so it's about time. Snack time. Um, but yeah, he granted me access, and so I invested in this case study, which means like I built up the case study. I was interviewing external um, stakeholders, so as I say, people like their competitors, their the local MPs, the council, the community customers. I was doing all that, right? So I mm-hmm. put a lot into this case study because they and I they I interviewed this person as well, and it was a very long interview. They were very kind, you know, and gave me a lot, but then they wouldn't return any of my contacts trying to get access to the other employees. So now I have finished my PhD without having access to that. And it's, it's part of the limitation of my study. I know they completely closed the door on me and it was, it was a nightmare. Fortunately, it wasn't detrimental because I had so many other interviews with other stakeholders and but it just shows you've like, got to take that on the chin you know the amount of, I could have done the amount of participants that have cancelled on me recently is just a nightmare it is I think when it's a case study like I couldn't just drop it no because I'd already done the whole and oh, also oh like God. the other half of my data collection is um like I can't remember the I'm so out of the PhD now that I can't remember the proper term but basically the mining of all the secondary data yeah. so all their policy reports all their promotional materials their website all of that sort of thing I'd already all analysed and I was just waiting for these last few interviews and <gasps> yeah never got them so to be honest guys we are painting a rosy picture but it's not always rosy and I accept no, that no no the I amount guess- of hours and the amount of times that I would build up and call and then they'd be like Oh, can you just call back? On? They, they would. The participants will mess you about. Yeah, they, yeah. they really will. But again, you've got to remember: if you were getting called, and someone said, "Oh, can you be a part of this research?" You'd be like, "Why would I give my time? Yeah, I'm busy enough as it is." And then you, you would can't. You'd be like, "Oh, can you just call back at this time? I'll do it another time." Like you've got to try and put yourself in that, like their their shoes. Oh, of course. Yeah. I was gonna say their feet. You gotta put yourselves in their feet. That's a weird <laughs> That's one. That's a weird one. But also, they're they're the bane of your life at times. Cancelling. Can you call back here? Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Oh, can you get me this? Or I've just had a um a positive email. I I remember that there was a fee for this. Um, and I haven't received one. I haven't received a not a fee. Um, a payment for the research, and I haven't received one. And um, when will I receive it? And I was like, not. Not one, not one email, not one participant information sheet. Did I say that I was going to pay you? Um, and now I'm going to have to email them back going, no. Yeah, there's no prize. <laughs> there's no prize. You just get to feel good. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> I think the other thing as well, isn't it, is like being, you have to be quite opportunistic in those moments. So like, um, for example, I went to a hotel to do an interview. And while I was there, there was like three other people that didn't look that busy. So I just like took them into the restaurant and was like, would you mind? And we just did it there and then. Like you've yeah. got to take the opportunities when they arise. Yeah. And I think even though we're saying it can be hard, it does annoy me a little bit. You know, when you hear people say, oh God, like, and don't get me wrong, I know some some recruitment can be super, super hard. Like, no, yeah, there's there's definitely certain types. There's, it's like either too niche or like, so one of my friends in um, our faculty, her research was about um, Chinese luxury fashion brands. Right. Well, she can't get fucking, she can't get any access to Chinese luxury fashion brands. No. So two years in, she's just had to restart her whole research. And now she's looking at, the consumers of Chinese luxury fashion brands, right. which is much easier to get. So, you know, I do appreciate it's all, it's not always easy, but I have heard some people, they're like two years in, they're still saying they can't recruit their participants. And maybe that's true, but I just think there's, there's got to be ways, right? There's got to be something Think about like, yeah, I waited two weeks to be like, 
wait, nothing's working. I've got one person who's completed and it's my mum. Yeah, you can't just throw a rod out and expect the fish to bite. You've got to do different things. It's boring. It's a 20 minute survey. Who wants to do that? Not me. Yeah. I wouldn't. Even if I knew it was going to help me in some way, I'd be like, I must admit though, it it did make me feel for the first time, probably like a proper researcher. You know, because in first year, you're just doing your lit review and then suddenly you're like, right, okay, I'm going to go and speak to people and like, you feel like a researcher. So yeah. I, I did enjoy that stage, actually. Yeah. It was nice getting out. And- yeah. You've got to just build up a lot of courage and a lot of like, okay, I'm going to have to call this person and and like have your speech. That's what I did. Yes. I'd have do. my speech. I'd always have like the participant information sheet up. So if they asked me what it was, I can summarize it. Make sure you can summarize your research in a way that's enough information, but also... Um, Good for a layperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. always a jab. Yeah, and, and like quick. Yeah. Um... And I guess look up like some sort of persuasive strategies and tactics that would be really useful and and knowing your participants' needs, I guess. I mean, I bring tea and biscuits to the lab (laughs) because I know that old adults, if they're walking up and down the stairs, you know what they're going to want? Tea and biscuits. Tea and biscuits after it and coffee or water. And I make sure that I say this is what you like this is you'll come we'll have a, enough breaks any breaks you want so I know my participants need so I tell them in advance yeah and that kind of helps them feel a bit more at ease like okay I yeah they that. feel safe because they've got all the information yeah mine is definitely was definitely the time constraints that was the main thing I had to deal with so for me what my participants needed was for it to be as quick as possible um not interrupt their working schedules you know th- that was the main thing they didn't want tea and biscuits they wanted to be in they wanted to be out they wanted yeah. it to not interrupt their shift pattern you know but it was fine and I enjoyed it as I say I think definitely if I was going to give advice to anyone who's looking to start data collection or I I guess just recruitment um, participant recruitment yeah would be before you choose your sample to really think carefully about accessibility mm-hmm. and how realistic it is that you can get access and make a bit of like a plan before you start. Because we very much, like I think probably about 98% of people, we learn it as we went and we yeah. thought, okay, that's not working. I'll try this. But before, get a bit of a strategy. Think about, okay, how can I approach this? Because yeah. otherwise I think we, I know I was just sort of stabbing in the dark. Mine too. Mine too. And I'm, I'm kind of, I have massive limitations in my participants. So I actually wanted to look at socioeconomic status, so deprivation levels, and that requires a little bit more building relationships for them to trust you that their time's worth the, their time's worth this research. Because say me coming into someone who I don't know is from a deprived area, they don't have much time, they're just you know scraping by, and and then I come going, can you do this? Can you do this for me? Can you? Do-? They're like, no, I've got so many other more stresses and worries. Yeah. Um, and I guess I could go to forums or gate gatekeepers, um, but that requires a lot more, I guess, relationship building. And I wish I knew that beforehand and started it from day dot and started building those. And then I could get a bit more enriched data because guess what? All my participants are mainly um, white females and which is good, but not for my what my question was, which is does socioeconomic status they were from high um uh, as well like we have a multiple index of deprivation as well so white females who are from low deprived areas that's where most of my participants are from yeah, um, which is interesting but it's not exactly but it's not it wasn't my question setting out which is that. does socioeconomic status impact stairfall risk 
Um, we do know already the health inequalities have an effect. Um, and yeah, there but is, you can't answer that. And it is all a, from the same. And it, yeah, yeah. And health inequalities do exist, and research does show that. But I can't prove that it has a um, effect on stair falls because I didn't collect those participants. Yeah. I simply didn't collect those participants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are those limitations, and but guess also, what? You have to acknowledge them, and I have acknowledged them. Yeah, and be that, willing to accept that your research is going to change, like in the same way that the day you start your PhD, what you're looking at is going to change by the time you finish your lit review because that's the whole point of the lit review. And then the same with the research. You know, you have to be guided by your research and by what's available at the end of the day. Like, you do have to be very flexible. Yeah, exactly. And now I've accepted that, well, I don't have the participants, so I guess I won't look at that. But then that's still, like, a massive gap in the research. And I, everything I write, I write saying we need to research this. We need to know what the yes. health inequalities are towards towards this. Or Yeah, and the, the PhD is one step in a research journey, right? Yeah. So if you're going to stay in the same research area, which you might not, but if you are, then you're opening up avenues for further research, aren't you? Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. And there will be challenges, I guess, just sort of try and use that flexible brain of yours. Try and do some yoga, brain yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try and hypnotise people to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look into my eyes. Uh, it's my eyes. eyes. Look my eyes. You will do it. You will be my participant. <laughs> I will be your participant. <laughs> Yeah, because my belly's just like, I'm starting looking at me funny. You look juicy, <laughs> looking like, like a snack. <laughs> these calves, to be fair, they keep you going for a while. <laughs> Stop, they would actually. Let's uh, get some quotes. Let's get some quotes. Not that it's a competition. But I won last time. You fucking won last time. And it's strictly going on likes. So if you're not on Instagram. I've got more comments. Fuck. But you've got way more likes. And I didn't even have a trendy um, music. You didn't have a trendy music. There's me going, to a dog. (laughs) Didn't have a dog though. You traitors. Oh, there was a dog. So maybe. Maybe it wasn't the quote yet. Maybe it was the time you posted it. Maybe. It could be all these I actually thought my quote was well cute as well. It was really cute. Mine kind of made no sense. But thanks, guys. Um, Finally, I win and I'm going to not, never, Molly's never going to live it down. I know, you're only ever as good as your last quote. Simply the best. Shut up. And this was a hard one to get a quote for because let's be honest. (laughs) Data collection. Quite recruiting participants. Oh, wait, yeah, sorry. I went for the uh, perseverance route. (laughs) Yeah, me too, because we said perseverance. Usually we don't tell each other. Usually we just see what we're going to come up. But I thought it is nice to have a... So come on then, you go first. What is your your inspiration for our desperation when it comes to recruiting? So this is a famous quote and you need to guess who it's from. Oh, for God's sake. Well, that's pressure. You know because you're looking at it. It ain't about... I can't do it. I can't do it. Stop it right now. Sylvester Sloan. (laughs) Yes! Yes! so bad but it was the weird like wasp in your mouth yeah, yeah. what's uh what does he shout at the top of the stairs rocky rocky no no he doesn't shout rocky i was just saying that he yeah but was he was he shout rocks no was he i don't know i don't even know if i've seen it no neither is it the dun 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 right go on sing that while i say the quote it ain't about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can hit and keep moving forward 
that was actually so hard to keep to keep that up when you were staring at me with such <laughs> frightening eyes. Let me say it a little bit calmer. Yeah, please. It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> it ain't. It doesn't work with my accent. Shall I, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how. Right. What is going on? You read your quote and then no, I read it again. Start oh, again. Come on, breathe. Oh, okay. Nice focus. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can hit. Oh my god, my dyslexia is really kicking in. The hunger's taking over. Let me try it one more time. One more time. This is the one. You're really seeing it for what it's worth. It's a really hard sentence for some reason. Yeah, it does sound like a mouthful. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Rocky Balboa. Um, it's also on a picture, so that doesn't help my dyslexia. I do like it. Um, I don't like it in the sense of we've just been talking about your old people the whole time. Now you're like, it's not about how hard you hit them. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No one's hit anyone. It's about how hard you can get hit. So the participants are hitting me. No, I know. I like it. It's basically just like, I get knocked down. But I get up again. Yeah, or the other one that's like, um, not how hard you can get hit. It's like, I think this is. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. That one, you know that quote. Getting back up. All that matters is you get up. All right, how many quotes you have in them? I don't know. Stop throwing your phone around. (laughs) Right, racket. (laughs) Okay, this has become a bit chaotic. I'm going to try and bring some peace back. Yeah, angry. Success. Shut up. I do not want music for mine. Thank you. Success. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. What? I win. I win. What? I win. No, you can't beat Rocky. I win. You cannot beat Rocky. This has been super genius. (laughs) I don't know why. Wait, wait, no. Explain that to me. I don't get it. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So success isn't final. Yeah, because it's so a journey, it's not, isn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's Failure fine. is not fatal as in like, doesn't mean oh, you stop fine. striving. Oh, it's fine, you're not failing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop trying to ruin my quote. It's the courage to continue that counts. So having the guts to continue, yeah. to push through. Yeah, yeah, to push through failures. Yeah. And successes. Stop it! She's <laughs> trying to make yourself a uh-huh. quote. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah interesting, yeah. I want to know what he says at the top of the... And I need to know. And he goes... He shouts it. What's his mum's name? Google that. He raises his hand in victory. No, Google what his mum's name is. Rocky Balboa. Okay, got it. Yo, Adrian, I did it. Adrian, I did it. That's that's my Rocky Balboa. This has been super genius. (laughs) Goodbye. Love you, bye. Five stars only. Who's Adrian? His mum. That's a boy's name.